This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. That's part of his game that is exceptional. And it was difficult to find space um, in that first half. So uh, I think what, what, that, what that meant was that it dragged um, their, their central centre-back out most of the time or, or the left-sided centre-back out. Um, and it did create a little bit more space for other people. Um, so uh, certainly the longer the game went on, we, we didn't need to push for the goals once we got the second and him coming deeper and linking the play helped us to retain the ball. I didn't, I didn't think we retained it as well as we should have done later on in the game. So, no, I, 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 I like that part of Harry's game. I think it's good. It helps to overload midfield at times. As long as we've got the runners going in behind um, to exploit the space he leaves, that's not a problem. Off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. England boss Gareth Southgate, happy for his star man Harry Kane to drop back into a deeper role. Is he, Jose? (laughs) Welcome to the Monday show. It's me, Ross. Uh, This is off the ball. And you know what? We were so good on Friday. It's an unchanged team. So welcome to Des Corkill. Always good to be here. And uh, I took a little bit more of attention to the internationals this week. So hopefully can contribute a little bit more quality. Yeah, just lacking VAR. That's the only problem with international <laughs> That's the best thing about it. <laughs> Ronaldo or not, that's the best thing. Bob Holmes is also here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Quality is never a problem when Des is on. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Mr. Holmes. Uh, Craig Marias joins us as well to make up an unchanged Hello, trio. Hello, Craig. How you doing, mate? Very good, very good. All right. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Find us individually on Twitter. Uh, also, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Right, we heard Gareth Southgate at the start. England are in Group I of the European uh, World Cup qualification. And they went away to Albania, won 2-0. Harry Kane hitting his 33rd goal for his country. Bob Holmes, he really is a talisman, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, got an assist as well, didn't he, for the uh, for the other one? Um, you you wonder what England would do without him, don't you? Uh, I mean, he's that much of a presence. Uh, hadn't actually scored for uh, a couple of games in the international jersey, but uh, I don't think he was too worried about that. Yeah, he leads the line. He drops back. Uh, I think, as we've said before in this program, I mean, he can play in two roles. Uh, world-class and uh, England's number one by uh, any standard. So we've got him. Um, so I guess there's always a chance, isn't there? There's always hope. I mean, I don't think there should be any problem in qualifying. Uh, it's an easy group. Poland is the only uh, real obstacle. And we'll find out what they're made of on uh, Wednesday with uh, Mr. Lewandowski testing Maguire and Stones at the heart of the England defence. That should be interesting. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't see a great problem. And uh, it's a young side. Uh, I think it's, it's well managed, if cautiously managed. But um, they're heading in the right direction. The Euros may be a little too soon for their peak. But um, I think it's, they're, they're maturing well. And uh, there are some exciting players they're uh, on the fringes of the side, even if they're not actually playing. So it's it's a good time to be an England supporter, one of those rare occasions. Actually, I have three Englishmen on the show tonight. So, so Des Corkill, is, is Gareth Southgate the right man to, to lead England to, well, it's got to be World Cup glory. It's got to be the, the ultimate aim, right? So firstly, I'm from the Republic of Liverpool, which is not England by any stretch. <laughs> I, knew, of the I knew you'd say that. <laughs> so, um, but what I am seeing with uh, with this England team is that there's a very good squad there, and you can rotate. So Harry Kane has got a replacement in Calvert Lewin uh, for uh, what you might call the lesser games, the San Marinos. That means Kane can get rotated and get rested. His goal, Harry Kane's goal, was top draw really was. The way he attacks the ball, the direction of the header, everything is good about it. And then I look at that squad and you go, okay, Calvin Phillips. Nobody's talked about Calvin Phillips. And suddenly he's just slotted in beautifully there. You suspect Jordan Henderson will get his place when Henderson is fit. But 
It's not a guarantee because Phillips has done everything that's been asked of him. Mason Mount, uh, I know Craig's a big fan of Mount, is looking um, uh, very, go uh, very good and very secure. And this is a team who's looking very settled under Garrett Southgate. They seem to like to play for him. Um, th there are bigger tasks to come. I wouldn't rule out Hungary in this group. I think Hungary could be, could be um, a threat that people are completely um, uh, dismissing. And that, that's always dangerous in football. But yeah, I think uh, England are looking very good. And you know what? They're doing it without Liverpool players, which is even better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig Marais, it is, it, is, uh, it is good. I mean, in terms of young players coming through and all that. But you and I pointed out that the central midfield role is where England lack a bit if you're, if you're facing the top teams. Probably solidity is there. Maybe creativity a bit. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, Des, you know, brought up uh, Kelvin Phillips, you know. Um, I, I'm a little bit mixed about him. I like him as a player. I think he's a, he's a decent player. Is he good enough to be a starting, in the starting lineup for England? I have my doubts. Um, but then again, you know, you look at the players that are missing around in that area. I think, you know, Henderson probably comes back into that, uh, into that role if he's fit, you know, just to add a little bit more experience to that side as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it is an area where I think England can, but I like the look of Bellingham, you know, like when he played the other night, I, I liked him, you know, he's got a bit, he's got a bit about him. And um, the only thing, obviously, he's very young. He's not an uh, automatic starter for Dortmund as well. Um, so, you know, I think Southgate probably looks at that and says, well, maybe a little bit uh, too early to, to kind of throw him into the deep end. But, you know, if we're talking about, you know, players that, that we should be looking out for in that role, um, I, I think he's fine. Let's not forget, you know, um, you know, there's no, there's no Sancho, there's no Rashford. Mount doesn't usually play out wide, um, you know, uh, as he did last night. Um, yeah. So he'd probably come into the middle um, and help out there. Um, as Des said, you know, I'm a massive fan of him. Um, and he can do both roles. You know, he can play in the 10. Uh, he can drop that a little bit deeper to play alongside Declan Rice, um, the best mates of, uh, of, of course. Um, so, you know, th there's a lot of versatility around that England side, you know, and when we're talking about individuals, um, th there's a lot that can play more than one role. And, and you mentioned Harry Kane at the start as well, you know, can play that a little bit deeper. Um, but I think the good thing about this is that England have so many players that aren't even involved in this internationals. Mm. And I mean, we're talking about quality players that aren't even involved. I mean, you know, we just look at Liverpool, you know, you look at Joe Gomez, you look at uh, Trent, you, you look at Jordan Henderson. I mean, you know, two of them are almost certainty to start um, in England's strongest 11. So, um, you know, the depth that England have is is really good. And so I don't think Southgate will have a lot of, uh, you know, sleepless nights um, in terms of, you know, searching for a central midfielder or anything like that. Um, well, so it's all yeah. positive for England. Yeah, none of them will admit it, but that England central midfield is crying out for a John Joe Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> England's, England's next opponents are Poland. Now, Poland beat Andorra with uh, Robert Lewandowski scoring his 10th consecutive goal for, for club and country. Um, they are the biggest test, Des Corkill, to England in this group, aren't they? Uh, I, I, as I said earlier, I wouldn't I know you fancy Hungary. Yeah, I just think Hungary could be a dark horse. But yeah, Poland, uh, if you've got Milik and you've got Lewandowski, there's always a goal threat. Defensively, they're strong. Um, um, I can never pronounce his name. Pachikovsky at the back and Gillick. Um, they, they, they can... They can make life very difficult for teams. And Chesney is a decent goalkeeper. He's not world, world, world class. So they've got a spine of Poland, which will make them difficult to beat. And people of our generation never forget 1973 anyway. Uh, Tomaszewski <laughs> and, uh, and Gorgon, etc. So uh, you, you, you write the Poles off your, your palette and you write the Hungarians off. I tell you, they, they, they've got a, a youngish group of players who uh, aren't big names, but they, they seem to be doing something right, Hungary. Don't. Don't write them off. Uh, I, I think this is group, group is a, a lot more difficult um, than, than imagined. England should, should get through, but it's a lot more difficult than, than Bob alluded to. Both Poland and Hungary, potential dark horses. All right. Robert Lewandowski now has 47 goals in 42 games this season. <laughs> 16 in his last 10. <laughs> crazy, crazy figures. All right. In Group J, uh, Romania nil, Germany 1, Serge Gnabry 
with a 16th minute strike enough to earn the Germans three points and keep them on on a 100% record after two matches they topped the group along with Armenia um what about the Germans Bob I know you're the best person to ask about them <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, I've I've uh, been on the losing side a few times uh, when they've played um yeah Nabri the one that Arsene Wenger let go eh what a player uh, let him go to West Brom, and they let him go as well. Uh, but it took Bayern Munich to uh, to sort him out, didn't it? What a player, though. He's scoring regularly now. And, uh, I mean, it, it just shows the number of players like England that Germany have at their disposal. And, uh, yeah, 1-0 win. Um, I mentioned the fact that uh, Joachim Lowe had taken all the pressure off himself and the team by uh, saying that he was going to go at the end of the tournament. And I think they're benefiting from that. Uh, this was a relatively easy encounter. Romania are not what they were um, in 1970, uh, 1994 when they got to the finals and they had Georgie Hadji, the, the greatest player in their history. They've never really followed that era. Um, so this wasn't too difficult a task, and Germany, like England, should get through. Um, I agree with Des about Poland. Um, I was watching on the, in the front room when um, England failed famously to beat Poland in 1973. I still don't Just, know how. No. <laughs> it should have been 8-1. <laughs> England had 36 shots to two. They had a goal disallowed. They hit the woodwork. They hit the keeper's backside several times. <laughs> it was incredible. And one of the most memorable things about it, it had that look even at half time because England conceded a silly goal. Uh, big mistake by between Norman Hunter and Peter Shilton, two of the stars of the team let uh, Poland in. So there were a few nerves jangling and it had that look about it. England were pressing 90% possession. Ball just wouldn't go in. Mick Channon had a goal disallowed. And then they went to half time and the pundits were sitting there. None other, none other than Brian Clough tried to calm the nation's nerves and <laughs> said, don't worry, folks. The goalkeeper's a clown. <laughs> now, that goalkeeper had the game of his life yeah and he he was man of the match man of the tournament i think just about and he kept england out and that was that was it they never made it to the 1974 world cup that's so us, right? I, know, I know all about oh, poland yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fast forward from uh, 1973 back to 2021 and, and uh, Craig, you know, when we looked at England, we, we said maybe they're, they're a little bit lacking in, in central midfield. We look at this, this German side, you can't, you can't fault the midfield, but maybe that number nine position. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, the thing with that is I think Timo Werner was, was meant to be yeah. that man. Uh, leading, you know, leading the line, and obviously his form's been very indifferent. He's for like Chelsea. a German Rashford. He's not really suited. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He plays more effective yeah. when he moves around. Yeah, I think. He, yeah, you're right. You know, in the sense that he's better, better coming off the left. Yeah. Um, you know, the question marks whether he's a natural striker. I mean, you go back through the years, and Germany's always managed to produce good strikers, strikers that will score goals. You know, um, and, and and you know, you look at this Germany side and. I'm not too sure whether it's, you know, the game slightly changing as well. You know, uh, managers, you know, like to play, you know, with, with quicker players up there. You see wingers playing there, force nine. Um, we, we even look at Harry Kane and, you know, the best striker that England have. And he's playing a withdrawn role, you know, for, for England, which is, which is quite laughable, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, it, it could be, you know, that the game's slightly changing. Managers' ideas are slightly changing. And we, you know, in, in a few years' time, don't be surprised if, you know, you don't see any quality number nines out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so so that, that, that's one thing to take, yeah. yeah. And with Timo Werner, you know, he's, he's not a natural finisher. I mean, I think that's, that's, you know, quite clear to see. He's not, you know, of your Miroslav Closers, your Jurgen Klinsmanns, your Bierhoffs. He's nothing like them. 
but he's got all the tools um, in terms of he, he's, you know, he's, he's well beat. He's got good size in him. He's quick. He's got two feet. Um, but, you know, on a one-to-one situation or one-on-one situation, you wouldn't put your, your money on him to score. Uh, and I think that's the problem. That's why, you know, like yesterday, they go with, um, you know, Serge Gnabry up front. They'll, they'll go with Kai Havertz. Neither who are, who are out-and-out number nines. Um, but it is, a, it, it is a worry. It is mm. because I think, you know, ultimately, you know, goals are what's going to win you games or win you tournaments. And if you're lacking with that, I mean, you're scraping past uh, teams, you know, getting a goal because you have quality in your team. Um, it will be a problem further down the line. All right. Um, group J, uh, Germany's biggest challenges in Group J uh, at the moment, Armenia, who beat Iceland, surprisingly, 2-0. So Armenia and Germany played 2-1-2 two, two, uh, on 100% record. We're going into our very first break. We're back talking about the Italians next. They are off and running in 2021. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Well, the rules have been clarified and, and they've looked to, to balance things fair in a fairer fashion. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. It's an international off the ball with me, Ross, along with Des, Bob and Craig looking at uh, Group C where Italy went to Bulgaria, won 2-0 away. Roberto Mancini uh, and this unbeaten run, Des Colquil, is now has now stretched to 24 matches. They really are still irked about not making the World Cup last time. <laughs> All the pizza shops are, are, are everywhere <laughs> around the world. All serve salty pizzas <laughs> when Italy were missing. But... A World Cup needs Italy. Wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but there's, a, there's a team being put together and, and we, we spoke on Friday about uh, it, it was a relatively experienced team that won on, on the first of the three matches the teams are playing. This was a much younger a team. Uh, Chiesa and Bellotti leading the line, Sensi and Barella in the heart of midfield and um, uh, Asherby came in at uh, centre-back so, um, so it was a, a younger team and we, we were wondering whether or not it was, there is a transition going on Italian football. If there is, he's doing it very nicely because that's, a, that's a, a very fine victory. Uh, Bellotti's goal was, was a good goal. The victory is a very good one, uh, winning 2-0 uh, in Bulgaria. Um, it, it keeps them, it, it just keeps them ticking over. Like England, uh, less so Germany. Germany's squad isn't as big, but like England, I, I think there's a, there's a club atmosphere coming around and that will be helped mm. for all of the teams by the fact they're playing three games for the most part. So it is more of a club environment. It's more of a tournament environment. Very interesting. This uh, uh, COVID has, has said you've now got to play, uh, has meant there's more international games being condensed. And I think that will be good for teams to prepare for tournaments. So you've got three games coming up in a, in a, in a quick row. You rotate your squad depending on who the opposition is. Italy have got a strength in depth there. I tell you, I do like Chiesa. I do like Chiesa. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm surprised you've got him so easily as well. Yeah, he's, 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 um, I think he could become very, very, very special because he just seems to have the right touch, plays with his head up and, uh, yeah, a super player. Man United's been linked with him uh, several times uh, over, over the summer. In fact, he should test out himself in the EPL, I reckon. Do you reckon if they get to the tournament, Bob, Italy will be one of the teams you should fear? Uh, yes, I, I would always fear Italy in a tournament finals. Um, they, didn't, they didn't make it last time, um, which is extremely rare. But um, they, uh, even when they start badly, they can go all the way. As they've done that in the past. Even when they won it, they've, uh, they started badly uh, on an occasion. So they are very much a tournament team and a later stage tournament team. They, they seem to gather momentum. And I think Mancini has probably come into this job at just about the right time in mm. his career. He, uh, I mean, he was at Man City and probably um, made his managerial name there because he was the manager when they won their first trophy after, after eons, wasn't he, uh, famously. 
a nerve-wracking experience for him, if if you remember. But um, he uh, he did get that side together. Uh, okay, there was a lot of money behind it, but uh, there was that sense of a team, despite them coming from different uh, uh, nationalities and um, different corners of the world, and big money. He did engender a dressing room spirit. And I think he is good at that. He's a player's manager. Uh, he was meticulous as a player. And Sven Goran Eriksson was, uh, managed him for a period yeah. and said that he was a manager in the making, even when he was quite a young player, even in his uh, early to mid-20s. He could see a manager there. And I think he's been around. He's not always been a success. Uh, after Man City, he didn't do much, did he? Very temperamental. Um, Yes, but I think he's mellowed. And I think, as I say, he's come into the job just at the right time in his career. I think he's in his, he's still in his 40s. It's probably just, just right. He's been around the block as a manager. He's tasted defeat, had some uh, pretty bad failures, but knows the game inside out. And I think he's the perfect manager for Italy. And I, I wouldn't write them off um, uh in in the uh, well, we I mean this is the World Cup we're talking about here, yeah, yeah. but um, I, I you know it's it's somewhat distant yet, but uh, I wouldn't write them off. No, Th this is not the greatest Italian team of all time, but they'll be contenders for the quarterfinals, I reckon. Yeah, you you know what it's missing? It's missing a Mario Bellatelli. It's missing a Mario Bellatelli <laughs> recall. No, and Mancini's I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out either. Yeah, exactly. Like, I keep, I keep <laughs> not, thinking. Not with Mancini. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing he will do, right? Um, all right. Well, <laughs> in in uh, Italy's group, Group C, their biggest challenges are likely to be Switzerland. Switzerland defeated Lithuania one nil. Um, bit of comedy. That the goalposts were deemed too high, so they had to remove the goal. They even had a policeman on pitch to help remove the goal. Got a new one put in. Uh, Jordan Shakiri scored the only goal of the game. So, yeah, I mean, the Swiss, what do you make of them? They're, they're up there in, in the FIFA rankings, there's Corkill. They're always there and thereabouts. They get quite far in tournaments as well, don't they? Uh, they'll always play neat and tidy football, Germanic yeah. kind of a style. Um, they, they had that really good under-21 team around about 10, 12 years ago. Serafovic uh, lead, leading the line there. And, the, and there was a, a threat that they would come through. There just isn't that real depth in, in, in Swiss football. But they're, they're neat. They're, they're tidy. Um, they, they have got a goal scorer. Serafovic, uh, Shakiri is very, very good. Ironic that the uh, smallest man in world football scored the goals in, in the biggest goal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there'll be a threat, but not, not a big threat. Neat and tidy, nice. Where, where are they in the world standings? Probably 38, 39, 40. Um, yeah, yeah nice to watch. All right. Not well, much more to say. Italy and Switzerland lead Group C with 100% records after two matches. In Group B, Spain got their first win of the qualifiers, uh, went away to Georgia, 1-2-1, left it late. Uh, Craig Marias, Danny Almo with a stoppage time winner. Um, rebuilders. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I was looking at this match and um, I wasn't watching, I was looking at it on my phone and at halftime I thought, wow, we must yeah, be in for exactly. a big, big upset here, you know. Um, credit to Spain, pulled it out. Um, but, you know, they haven't been impressive in this international break. Nope. They, they, they really haven't. And uh, it's surprising when you look at that team, uh, you know, Spanish players, obviously, you know, very well known. You look at that team and they're, they're all good, good players, very good players. And um, prior to this, I, I actually thought, you know, Enrique was doing a decent job there, um, you know, managed to, uh, I mean, it's a rebuild. You know, we talked on, on the Friday show about teams yeah. that are undergoing this rebuild and, you know, probably peaking uh, for the World Cup. Um, and, and Spain are, are one of those. Um, you know, you look at you know, some of the players that are there, it's it's a whole new kind of mould that they're going for. What do you um, reckon they're missing, Spain? What are they missing? I'll say it again, striker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, I mean, I, I can say that for a few. Spain, you know, Portugal, Germany. Yeah, Portugal might be okay, though. Portugal, Portugal might, might be okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they're, they're all right there. They, they, they've, they've actually got a ridiculous depth in their squad. Um, and you've got Andre Silva, who's 
who's really doing well in the Bundesliga. Um, but but with Spain, you know, you know what kind of brand of football they get, they're going to be playing. Uh, you know how they like to play football. Um, it's just whether they can put it in the back of the net and it, creating chances is never going to be a problem with the Spanish, I feel. Um, it's just whether they got that. I mean, like I say, you know, you go back down the years and, you know, you look at your David Villas, you look at your Fernando Torres, they're just missing that these days, you yeah, know? And, yeah. um, you know, th- those are the players that, you know, I think right now we're probably looking back and, you know, appreciating them. Um, yeah. And what they, what they give to the, to the game, you know, but, you know, I, I really do think in a few years time, we might not see any strikers out and out strikers. That is, I mean, it's, it seems to be going that way. Well, in a few years' time, one striker who will be still hanging around uh, will be Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Bob Holmes. He's, he's like wine, like red wine. Um, apparently an excellent backheel flick. I haven't seen it yet to set up Sweden's opener. 3-0 win over Kosovo. So they lead Group B with a 100% record. Um, it's nice to have Zlatan back on the international stage, isn't it? Well, uh, yeah, it is for us. I mean, he's, uh, he's somebody to talk about, isn't he, in a, in a team of Swedes. I don't think we'd be spending as much time talking about Sweden uh, if he wasn't there. Uh, I just wonder if how he's gone down in the dressing room, whether the, his teammates... Um, they, no, no, Bob, they have back. to love him. They have to. I imagine, uh, I mean, these guys, they wouldn't have... Um, they probably didn't know him before, you know, I mean, at, at, at this age, this vast age, pushing yeah, 40. Uh, so this is like a new generation. So they're probably in awe of him. And, uh, you know, they'll cut him some slack with his ego in the dressing room and uh, they'll look up to him. And he's got two assists so far in two games. Uh, a, a bit of a surprise he hasn't actually scored. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, if ever there's an outfield player that can carry on until his 40s, it's got to be Zlatan. Yeah. I mean, this there looks like a couple of years yet in him, doesn't there? I mean, yeah. he'll, I, if they qualify, which they, they should, well, I don't know about should because Spain are there, but if they qualify, uh, he'll be there in the finals, I reckon. Yep. All right. Brilliant stuff. Well done, Zlatan. Uh, that's Group B. We're going for another break. Stick with us. Back right after this. Immediate thrust. Recognisable certainty and a nasty dig in the ribs. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Five yards out, unchallenged, unmarked, makes absolutely no mistake. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Thanks for sticking with us. Des Corkill, Bob Holmes and Craig Marias joining us on this international off the break. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. Also find us all individually on Twitter. Um, you can also find us on social media, BFM Football, on Instagram and on Facebook. Right, let's talk about uh, the biggest shock of the weekend in the qualifiers. Um, the Republic of Ireland in Group A, Des Corkill, they lost to a radio station. Radio Luxembourg won. <laughs> Somebody tweeted that. I thought it was really funny. We lost to a radio station. Uh, but yeah, Ireland nil, Luxembourg won. What a win. Uh, yeah, and by all accounts deserved. Um, the Irish yeah. press have been yeah. um, condemnationary of what's been going on for Ireland. And we, we spoke about them uh, last uh, on Friday, Friday. where, where, where we, we said, OK, there aren't any star names there. I did some digging up. Most of them are playing championship. It's, 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 a, it's a, a team that shouldn't be losing to Luxembourg. Luxembourg are in the top 100 now, so Luxembourg themselves shouldn't be just dismissed as we often do. And the, uh, the, the Thill brothers gave us um, a little bit of a thrill for Luxembourg, but a huge win for them, for the Republic of Ireland. And Stephen Kenny, though, this, is, this, this kind of defeat sets football back so far. We've seen this in Asia, um, in, in Southeast Asia in particular. If you have a, a, a humiliating defeat, it just changes the whole landscape Kids don't want to play anymore because there's no real pride in, in getting involved. Uh, the, the national team lose the support. Remember, this is the team who made it to the quarterfinals of the World Cup uh, as recently, in inverted commas, as 1990, uh, 1990, they made the quarterfinals. So all of that energy, that Jock Charlton-inspired energy, has just dissipated out of the Republic of Ireland. I don't see how they're going to get it back because their their domestic league isn't the strongest. They don't get um, good representation in the uh, in the 
uh, European uh, cha Champions League or, or, or the Europa League. Gosh, this, this is a devastating blow for the Republic of Ireland because it's humiliating. You yeah. shouldn't, as a nation, be losing to Luxembourg, particularly when you look at the players that they had out there, where they, they are all experienced. I, I, I said I didn't know them the other day. I looked at them. They, they shouldn't be losing to Luxembourg by a goal No, tonight. no. Actually, no disrespect to Luxembourg. No one should be losing to Luxembourg. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, we, we were saying, Bob Holmes, uh, you were saying Stephen Kenny, Ireland's most successful domestic manager, but now it's, it's no win in 10. If you're FAI, when, when do you pull the trigger? I mean, next one? It must be pretty close, really. Yes, unfortunately, it is. Um, I mean, th this is very, very unfortunate, this whole business, really, the, how this has happened. The fact that they rewarded a guy who had won domestic tournaments and had been sort of knocking on the door. People were clamoring for him to be given the chance. And then for it to go like this, they can't. Uh, I mean, they went seven games without even scoring. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate because they, as Des says, they, they could revert back to being almost a non-playing football nation or non-serious football nation. I mean, Ireland has only been any good in the last sort of, in the modern era. Prior to that, prior to the sort of Jack Charlton phenomenon, they weren't that good. And the reason is that football isn't played by everybody. It's a bit like Australia. They've got different codes. I mean, they've got Gaelic football. Yeah. which is big and hurling and a lot of their more athletic young men go for those sports and rugby, of course. So the pool of players, I mean, it's a small country anyway. So that's why Jack Charlton had to come up finding all these players with Irish grandmas in uh, England, mainly England and Scotland, um, which were legitimate under the um, under the rules. I mean, if you've got a grandma, a grandparent uh, from Ireland, then uh, you qualify to play, despite their accents and everything else. And uh, they gelled under his management. He was the perfect guy for them. I mean, he was a Guinness drinking character anyway. He, <laughs> uh, the fans loved him. He used to go in pubs and drink with the fans and all that. And he got the results on the field. And they, they gelled. They really had a terrific team spirit. And they never used to score many goals, but they, they defended as if their lives were at stake. And that's how they got to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And they did it in uh, the Euros as well, I believe. Um, I think they got the quarterfinals of the Euros in that era. So that now looks like a bit of a false, not dawn, but a sort of era that could not be sustained. And although that was some 20 years ago, they, and they've had stabs at it ever since, they've never done it consistently because they simply haven't got the depth and uh, now we're seeing that um, now Mick McCarthy, I think he probably saw this, probably saw it coming. He was in his second term as island manager and he left um, in uh, last year. And uh, he, he probably knew what he had to play with. And then the uh, Island FA gave it to uh, Stephen Kenny. And uh, here we are. So it doesn't look as if they're going to qualify and worse than that it looks as if they're going to decline as a football nation and yes you you just wait and hope that there is uh, a crop of youngsters there to come and take them out of it so it, it's very difficult situation for the um, FIA to uh, resolve right now yeah get get on the blower to big sam irish board straight away <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough old group, Group A. Ireland are right at the bottom. Serbia and Portugal at the top with four points. They played in Serbia. It was a 2-2 draw, Craig Marais, with Cristiano Ronaldo denied a stoppage time winner. Apparently, he took his captain's armband off, threw it on the pitch and stormed off. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, think, I think you should be going to Des for, for, for this one, uh, <laughs> purely because of that incident. 
Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a ridiculous decision, really ridiculous. And and obviously, there's no goal line technology, there's no VAR um, <clears throat> involved, um, and, and it can only be one thing. You know, the the linesman is nowhere near uh, the play, which which is worrying. And and these are, I, I guess, these are the kind of decisions, uh, you know, as to why um, technology was brought into the game. I mean, you look at it. I mean, this this could have been, you know. We're lucky it's so early on in the qualifiers, yeah, but yeah. imagine it was towards the end of it, and you know, you know, Portugal miss out because of a decision like that. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't even close, uh, and and sometimes you you know you can tell from the reaction of the players, um, you know, whether it was the right decision or not. Um, I think you know the, for the referee, um, it's obviously hard and uh, for him to make a, a call like that. But the linesman's got to be, you know, following the play and, and being alongside of it. And I'm thinking he's two or three yards. I, I, I didn't see how far uh, the linesman was from it. But he must have been two to three yards away from it um, in terms of not following the play. So um, it, it's worrying. And, and it's decisions like this, which is why technology was brought into the game. Whether you like it or not, um, you know, I think, you know, Des will obviously, uh, I think we know Des stance on it. But, you know... Yes, there are good things, there are bad things uh, for VAR and things like that. The one good thing um, um, that has been brought in has been goal line technology. I can only think of one incident um, where you know it didn't really, it didn't really work, and that was Aston Villa versus yeah, yeah. When, when apparently uh, it, it, it was yeah. the the one angle where the technology didn't connect with the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't I can't remember who Villa played it, actually. Uh, was it Bournemouth? It was right, yeah, yeah it was Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, I think, that was just after the restart of the Premier League, it might have been the first first couple of games as well. Um, but it is uh, that was the only thing, only time that I can remember yeah. where goal line technology has failed and not done its job. Other than that, it's been absolutely fantastic for the game, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, but this is why, uh, you know, and um, I think Portugal, obviously, you'd have to say they're very unlucky. And the reaction from Ronaldo wasn't good um, as a captain, as a legend of the game, as, you know, one of the, the best players that has played the game. Um, you can't be doing that. But just imagine the frustration. Put yourself in issues. Just imagine the frustration there. And, and you know, you can kind of, you wouldn't be so harsh on him. Uh, but I'm sure Des might have some other views on this. <laughs> Des, the humans can't do it. That's why we need the tech. Uh, listen, give me one dreadful decision like this was over the 150 that, that we're talking about ad, ad nauseum. Um, it's a genuine mistake. It's a bad mistake, but it's a mistake. Uh, it, it's, it's part of the game. I love the Ronaldo reaction. Loved it. Um, to, of course, he feels absolutely robbed of a, of a winning goal, which, which would have put Portugal in a, a hugely strong position. A, a victory at Serbia would have done well. But tell you what, just give me the, the very fact there was a problem with goal line technology on that one occasion. Dismiss the whole we must have goal line technology argument completely because it can get it wrong. Referee got it wrong. It's part of the game. Give me that thousand times out of a thousand and the Ronaldo reaction perfectly understandable because he's because he's been robbed in the end Serbia have got away let's not forget they came from 2-0 down in the game yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. they, they've yeah. done well to get themselves back in so so Portugal shouldn't look at this and Ronaldo also missed an open goal effectively so he could easily have won it so the so when he points at goal line technology cost us or lack of it's not. Ronaldo's finishing cost them. Yes, there was a, re a decision that went against them, but Ronaldo should have won it before then. Um, it's all part of the game. It's played by humans. Errors are there. Ronaldo missed a, an open goal. That's an error. Referees missed a goal. That's an error. It's all part of the game. It just, right, sorry, right. Ross, it just reminds you of you know the Lampard goal versus Germany and what, yeah, what yeah, might have yeah, been. Yeah. Um, so you're talking, one, you're talking one or two a year. One or two a year. Yeah. That's what can we're I, talking about. Well, well, now, because of goal line technology, obviously it's not, it's not going to be, you know, there's not going to be many of these or any at all, to be fair. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to say, I still blame VAR for this, by the way. Even when it's not there. Because, no, I blame, no, listen, listen to me. The, the mindset that Absolutely. VAR has instilled right. in, the, right. in yeah, the yeah, officials yeah. means that they play safe like cricket umpires 
They don't give it. If in doubt, don't give it. And that linesman, he wasn't a million miles away, actually. I looked You're at absolutely it. Absolutely correct. And he, he was not in line, not in exact line, but we were looking from upon high with the benefit of the camera, obviously. The linesman, his view could have been obscured by the foot or the leg of the defender who was scooping the ball back from over the line. We could see that. It's possible that that linesman could not see that accurately enough. And it, because his whole um, being has been undermined by VAR, he daren't give it. He knows he's going to be pilloried if he gets it, wrong, gets it wrong. So he's not sure he doesn't give it. So this, this is the problem with, with VAR. Now, if I may continue on this, the problem is that the idea of technology was to prevent precisely those goals, the, the Lampard goal, the Thierry Henry handball, the Maradona handball. Can't we just have one guy watching on a monitor, sitting either next to a very close proximity to the fourth official, just to say uh, that one, it was a goal, without having this Stockley Park, as we have in the UK, and all these cameras and this big interference, just have one more official with a monitor who's watching just to guard against this kind of thing. It may only happen once or twice a season, but isn't that better than having this whole VAR interference holding up the game for three or four minutes at a time and then maybe still getting it wrong? That's my point. I don't know why they don't do this. The fourth official doesn't have much to do anyway, does he? No. Can't he do it? Or can we have a fifth official? It'd be a lot cheaper than VAR. All right, brilliant stuff. We're going for our final break. Stick with us. More right after this. No happy return, but a reality check bordering on a rude awakening. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. For this season, off and running with a goal inside eight minutes. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Des, Bob and Craig looking at the European World Cup qualifiers. Uh, in Group E, the Czech Republic won, Belgium won. I, I want to discuss the Czech Republic because uh, they suddenly have become a form team. They certainly are now the form team in the group. Uh, remember, Belgium are, are what? UEFA number one ranked team in the world. Czech Republic coming off a 6-2 win in midweek. I think it was against Belarus or Estonia. I'm not sure. But it was a 6-2 win. Thomas Suchek scored a hat-trick. Estonia, yeah. Yeah. But this time, uh, a 1-1 draw against Belgium. No mean feat, Craig Marias. They they are to be reckoned with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I, I don't know if they're a force to be reckoned with or, or something like making, that. In the but, making, you can see a good team in there. Yeah, I think they're one of those teams that they're always going to be tricky opponents uh, for, you know, even for the likes of, you know, the best team in the world, which is Belgium. Um, that it's never going to be an easy match. I mean, bear in mind this this was also an away match for for Belgium as well. So yeah. you know, going away it was never going to be easy. Um, but yeah, uh, I still think you know it, it's it's one of those they're one of those teams who you expect you know, especially in this group, you know, we are going to be running Belgium close. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Wales and you know it's a bit hit and miss there, and and you know you're not going to expect anything from Belarus or Estonia, but they're going to be the ones that are running uh, the Czech Republic close, uh, Belgium close, you, you would think. Um, I still think that, you know, Belgium will take control of this group um, yeah. and, and, you know, qualify quite comfortably. Um, but the Czech Republic, I don't think they're a force. They're a tricky opponent. Um, yeah, I still think they're lacking, you know, a, a little bit of quality. Yes, we know about, you know, your, your Thomas Sucheks and your Sufals and, and players like that. But, you know, they don't really have star quality about them. And, and you know, you, when you look at, you know, this is this is a bad result for Belgium. Not terrible, but, you know, they, they would have been hoping to, to take control of this group, getting a win, um, especially with the quality that they have. Um, yeah, I, I still think Belgium will be in control of this group. Uh, All right. And, and, you know, the Czech Republic will be pushing them quite close. Okay, uh, let, let's move on to Group G, where history was made. Stephanie Frappard became the first woman to referee a men's World Cup qualifier. She did it in front of 5,000 fans as well at the Johan Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam, where the Netherlands 
bounced back from the Turkish defeat. Uh, finally, they got a win under their belt. Imagine if Holland didn't make this World Cup again, there's Corkill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You show your teeth, you're going, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they, they've, got, they've got terrific players, don't they? Uh, exactly. the, the, the story that's made is that Gini Wijnaldum uh, was, was upset about being brought off um, uh, uh, and, and, and they, they talk about unrest in the Dutch camp again. <laughs> that, that always seems to be a problem. They're, they're a very good group of players. Uh, you do wonder though whether De Boer is the man to lead them. Um, they, they had that horrendous defeat against Turkey, who look very, very decent. Uh, you expect them to beat Latvia. They've beaten Latvia. They've got more difficult uh, matches to come. If you look at the players. I'm a, I'm a Depay fan. I like the work of uh, uh, Burgess. Uh, Frankie de Jong's a super player. David Klassen and Wijnaldum in midfield. The light and Daily Blind. There's no way they, they're not good enough to make it to, to the World Cup finals. But that defeat uh, against Turkey well, means that Turkey, their tails are up. Um, Turkey play. Turkey won at Norway, I think. Yes, three 0 away at Norway so, with Erling so, Braut Haaland. Yeah, so the story is not all about Holland, the story or the, the Netherlands. The story is also about how decent Turkey can become because they've yep. got a, an exceptionally strong domestic league, um, or sorry, exceptionally competitive domestic league. A lot of new clubs are, are, are making a way there, and I always think a strong domestic league. If you've got local players playing in that domestically, does help you elevate on on, on the the world level. And again, I'm thinking these three games in 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 quick succession have more of a club feel for countries. So look out for Turkey, Holland in disarray. Um, yeah, they needed that victory, but they have got Gibraltar away. So yeah, they should beat Gibraltar. <laughs> I'd hope they beat Gibraltar. But yeah, <laughs> look, look look out for Turkey. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> All right, quick look, at, <laughs> quick look at some of the, the matches happening midweek. Uh, in Group E, Wales versus the Czech Republic stands out, Bob Holmes. Uh, Wales play their second game of the qualifiers. They lost their first one. We said the Czechs are on fire at the moment. Uh, Bale's got his work cut out in this one. Yep, and they're still without their manager, Ryan Giggs. Uh, although he is giving instructions, we understand. Uh, he's, uh, for those who are wondering, uh, he faces a charge of assaulting his girlfriend. And uh, it seems to have been dragging on for a very long time. And it's meant that he, he's been suspended from duty as the Wales manager. Doesn't mean he's guilty, but uh, they're still looking at the case. So in the meantime, he's, he's not active. He's not there, but he's still got an input. And I think, uh, I think they're missing him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's their manager. He's, he's done quite well. I, I never really thought he was management material, uh, to be honest. But he's got a good uh, bunch of uh, players there. Nice mix of youth and experience. He's got couple of world-class or one one world-class player gareth bale and who always seems to raise his game when he's playing for wales and they got to the quarterfinals semi-finals wasn't it semi-finals of the euros yeah. Yeah. in uh 2016 and um you know they would think they've got a chance here but they're up against two very good teams in the Czech Republic and Belgium, of course. So they can't afford any more slip-ups. And uh, I think, well, it's a must-win. And uh, probably odds against them getting through, to be honest, with yeah. two other uh, good teams there, with the playoffs, only two make it, don't they? Um, I... I I fear that they, they may miss out on this. It may come a little too late for Bale anyway. I don't think he's quite as good as he was. The finals I'm talking about. Um, but uh, he'll raise his game for Wales, no doubt about that. Very unrelated, if I make a, a quick one. Uh, Wales beat uh, Mexico. Uh, Chris Gunter made his 100th uh, yep. appearance for Wales. Uh, Chris Gunter bought my apartment. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that, Claim to fame. that half explains why we never gave it a mention. 
<laughs> Let's talk about Scotland. Um, they they are already in trouble in Group F. They drew away at Israel, one one. So they've got two draws after two matches. Denmark lead the group with a with a two wins out of two. Austrian second on four points. The Scots are third. Uh, they take on Faroe Islands. Craig, you expect them to beat the Faroe Islands. Oh, They're not going to do yeah. in Luxembourg, are they, the Faroes? Mate, if they don't beat the Faroe Islands, you know, I think... <laughs> I mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what to say. I mean, it, it, it's a banker. It, it, they have to win it. There, there's no two ways about it. What, what, what do we think about Che Adams being, being honorary Scotsman? I think that's quite a coup. Scots, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they they need him. They need him, and um, and I think we we touched on this on on Wednesday as well. Uh, sorry, Friday as well. You know, we did say that. You know, you you look at that Scottish team, and you know there is quality in that. They just it, it's just not happening for them. You know, you look at your your John McGinn's, your Robertsons, your Tierney's, McTominay's. You know, it's a decent core of the team, um, but you know they were lacking a striker. You know, I think it was. Uh, uh, Lyndon Dykes that played uh, the, the previous game, Che Adams this one, and uh, Che Adams is a big is a big coup for them. You know, he's a Premier League player. But one thing I will say again, you know, he's <clears throat> he's not a great finisher, as we've seen. You know, he's yeah. not a guy that's you know going to set the the world alight with his goal scoring abilities. He, he puts himself about. He's got good qualities about him, qualities that Scotland probably need. Um, but he's not a, you know, he's not a proven goal scorer. He, he's he's not one that that has been doing it in the in um, in the Premier League this season. Um, but he has a bit about him, so I, I think it is a good it is a good signing for them. They have to win. They have to win. There's no two ways about it. It's it's the Faroe Islands. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to think about what what would happen if they don't win that. <laughs> So there, you, so there you go. All right, um, running out of time. So last one, Des prediction: England, Poland at Wembley. Uh, tough one, narrow victory for England. Bob, feel the same. Yeah, yeah, one nil, Harry Kane. And uh, Craig's nodding, so you must be in exactly. agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that would be enough, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Just, just the three points is enough. All right. All thanks to the three gents. Then many thanks, Des Corkill. Always a pleasure, Ross. You know that. Bob, brilliant having you on a Monday. <laughs> thanks. Club football next weekend. Yay! <laughs> and Craig, thanks a lot as well. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. Uh, we'll speak to you on Friday. Bye now. Off the ball every Monday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.